Today at the SDGI Directors in Dialogue, PJ Dillon presents his new feature film, Rewind, in conversation with fellow director Ian Power. Thematically, it's all woven really tightly, and I think it, it hits, it kind of ticks off all the boxes in the way that it's sort of a thriller should is it is that the best way to describe it i guess so yeah i mean that was the intention to yeah. do sort of yeah. quite a commercial movie yeah. um I, I don't really know if it's that commercial actually it. you know it's a funny <laughs> thing it totally struck me about your film and about connor's film is that they started a certain way that you kind of thought oh i've seen these movies before you know they're not say pedantic but slow and there's a kind of an eerie pace and then suddenly they become Kind of not say high concept, but there's a very commercial uh, presence in the in in the films kind of early on. I don't know. Is that the the bent of Catalyst? Like maybe I don't know, but I don't, know, I don't think so. What's it? I mean, we were all left to our own devices, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think I suppose. I mean, my understanding of it, and and you know, I I do see some similarities there, and I think in some ways it is possible for the for the resources that we had to make a film which starts slow and bring you in rather than the kind of film that punches you in the face as the opening bar and then you're waiting for the next punch in the face we weren't really i don't think we really had the resources to make those kind of films that were just like a series of kind of events or set pieces or anything like this so i think that we naturally gravitated to a, 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 even in a, i would say what the two films i've seen you know those, myself and, and, uh, and this film are both you could both say are kind of slow burning dramas, you know, and it's certainly like this one burns up, burns up to a very satisfactory conclusion. Like Literally that. burns up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so no, I thought it was I thought it was terrific. I mean, it's a kind of a good segue into my next sort of thing, which is the like what sort of a constraints or can you talk a bit about how the scheme itself worked? You know, was there was it just here's your budget and go and do what you like or? Yeah, no, I mean that was how it was meant to be. It. it didn't quite work out that way, but but I, I guess it did eventually. There, there were a few bumps along the way. That there were some union problems, which meant we had to stand down, and you know. But but once all those got sorted out, it was pretty much you were you were given you know, admittedly quite a small amount of money, and then you just went off to do. What you, I mean, the, we we'd been given fairly strict parameters of what not to do, and you know, then. Proceeded to do everything we were told not to do. <laughs> yeah. but, no lights, no cars. Yeah, no special effects, no cars, no nights, no, uh, yeah. Um, Just natural leisure. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, like, like, it'd be fair to say that once was the, was the template um, that, that we were all expected to follow. And, you know, for all its qualities, it, that wasn't really what I wanted to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, just did. We did have the the complete creative freedom that comes from abject poverty. You know? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, there weren't any kind of suits and yeah. hovering at all. So well, it has to be more like this. It has to be more like that. We, the the main thing, like, was, you know, we couldn't we couldn't afford to pay for locations or, you know, lots of things that you would normally pay for on a film. So. Can you can you tell us what the, forest or what the budget was or uh, two hundred was it two hundred seventy five thousand in the end? Yeah. Pheno- I mean it's phenomenal. Look, you shot on. Can you talk about just? I know you're your DOP. I know you in the capacity of DOP, hmm. but you didn't actually shoot this. this no, no, film. Ken Burns shot it. Can you talk a little bit about 
what's different for you and and how how kind of heavily involved you were in terms of the you know what to shoot on and yeah well i mean obviously since that's my background i would have had a very heavy input into that but like i'd also be able to take that hat off when i'm directing as i take the director hat off when i'm working as a dp do you know what i mean yeah like you have to you have to be able to respect whoever you're working with in that capacity so like I would have had a heavy input in in terms of like mood boarding it and like myself and Kenny would have talked about it we knew we'd no money and we were shooting in January so in terms of the style of it we knew we wanted it how we wanted it to look and how we could get it to look well I think cheaply um or for for the least expense anyway and just just but at that point then I just let him get on with it you know and do, you, had input, but, do you shoot yeah. it? Do you actually operate? No. Ken's like a, an, an incredibly good operator. Like he's got a great eye, so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't dare. Yeah, I know. It's the reason I ask is just lots of like shots in there that that feel similar to the way that you shoot. Well. Uh, yeah, so you no, obviously I mean, have quite a would, close... You, yeah, we have a very close relationship. I mean, he's working for me as an operator at the moment on a, on a TV series I'm shooting. So like we work together a lot over the years. He's a director in his own right. He, he's directed commercials and, That's right, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, we, we'd have a very good sort of, yeah, a good open, you know, dialogue going all the time. And, and like, he'd be, he'd be sort of secure enough in what he does that if he set something up and I didn't like it, I'd be able to say it. Like, there'd be no problem there, Yeah. you know, or like I could, like, if I didn't like some lighting or whatever, he, he'd be perfectly cool with me making a suggestion about it, you know. Calling the stuff. <laughs> yeah, not not quite not quite to that extent, but you know, like it, it would like it'd be. I, I guess we'd have a respect for what each other does, so so there'd be no problem there. Yeah, yeah, it's something I suppose yeah. I'm curious about because when I was working with PJ, I mean, before I started to work with him, my biggest concern was here's a guy who directs and is a great director in his own right, and the last thing you want in a film set is two directors, and yet, as a as a DOP, you're you're completely a DOP, so that's why I suppose I'm curious as to the extent to which you become a director when you're a director, which is obviously absolute. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to, I mean, if you ask somebody to do something, you have to let them do it. You can't stand over them, you know. Um, but, but of course you'd have, you'd have input, uh, as I'd have input with a director, but, but you, know where, you know where the line is ultimately and you need to respect that, you know. Yeah. Can, can you talk a bit about uh, the cat? I mean, from a... The thing I liked about it is it didn't feel like a film which had been contrived to meet a budget, which I always think is I always think you should write first, and then, you know, find the money that suits the suits the script. And it didn't feel like it had been contrived, like Clerks, for example, or whatever. You know, Clerks, great film, but um, you could tell that it was contrived because they had no money, basically. But um, this really suited uh, the. The few, the few cast that you had, you know, it was worked really well. But the, uh, the, I suppose that's the upside, and the downside then is that you've no place to go with the cast itself. So yeah. they're ma- they're massively important. I think they did it both did a great job. Can you talk about the actual process of finding them, or did you have relationships with them? Yeah, no, I did. I'd, I'd worked with them both in a short film, and in fact, the, the short film is sort of, even though they're, they're quite different stories, was the model for for the feature. Um, and they'd both been in that. Alan again in that played a sort of psycho who was stalking Amy. Um, 
and it, it, they, I really enjoyed working with both of them. Like they're great. They're both great. So were they kind of with. off the bat? There was no casting process. It was like not really. Were, I mean, we would have we would have had our doubts about whether Amy was absolutely right for the character initially. So we did we did have casting sessions, um, but ultimately didn't find anyone who we felt w- would do a better job than she was, and I'm really happy now. You know, so so we didn't we didn't like ask Amy to do a casting session or whatever. We just we just offered a tour, you know. Yeah, um, that was great. And did you rehearse them at all, or? Yeah, well, we were meant to do like the the plan was to do quite a, a hefty workshopping. We two weeks, I think, of of workshops, and I then got like a really bad chest infection and ended up spending those two weeks in bed. Um, like on antibiotics so I, I, I had one day's rehearsal instead of two weeks and uh, yeah and do you think shooting. and do you think that's maybe was a good thing in the end no I don't, I don't no? think so I mean I, I think they did great but it would have been I think I, I think in ter- like the, the idea was that we had the script but that we were going to basically throw the script out in those two weeks or at least trash it out a lot a lot more and iron out most of the sort of anything that felt a bit scripted and that's I mean when I look at the film now that's where I sort of that's where I'd have a regret if I have any regrets that at times it still to me seems very scripted and I think that if we'd had that couple of weeks of trash and doubt you know we would have gotten rid of a lot of those sort of artifacts you know yeah Um, I don't know I I think you can be probably like me like inevitably I end up hating everything I've done by the time I've finished this you know and I think you can look for sort of a holes in the thing but I, I actually think it I think all that kind of worked I don't I don't I didn't remember looking and going god it feels like overly written or anything like that yeah no I mean I, I, I mean I don't know and I, I, it's impossible for me to judge now really but but I, there are things that I look at and I just I just think at times it's too expositional and I, I kind of feel that if we had that time to workshop but we could have gotten rid of a lot of those expositional elements or could have could have worked a lot of the information into uh, other scenes other than where they are you know just giving information which in a thriller you have to do to an extent you know well that's the that's the amazing burden isn't it of a thriller thing i mean i i i i had this thing after kind of making my film where I kind of thought you know what every time I write a script from now on I'm going to start it at the first turning point yeah and let the f- let what would be the first act unfold in the course of the film which is something that I think works really well about your film that the backstory unfolds throughout the, if I had any criticism actually it would be the, to to let the, to hold off on all the information until like the bitter end but I can see why you couldn't do that at the same time um, but it's, I suppose, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping through the thing, maybe I should ask first about the shoot, I was going to talk about the edit, but uh, in terms of the shoot itself, what, how, did, how did that run, or how many days did you have? Or um, 17 days, principal photography, and then I'd always had an allowance for three days pickups or B-roll or whatever, because I knew... I knew this sort of in 17 or 20 days is really difficult to shoot a film and like inevitably when you're in the edit you're going to find that just simple things like a look or something can you know really get you over something Um, so there was always that allowance there was always that allowance for the three extra days so we we shot 
the three extra days, but did it quite quickly actually. After the first rough cut, I rushed into using up those three days and then actually didn't end up using maybe 10% of what we shot in those three days and then shot one more day much, much later on. Um, in hindsight, it would have been better to wait, you know, it's great advice, actually. After, yeah. Immediately after the first rough cut. Because a lot of times after the first rough cut, you'll throw stuff out and then, you know, two or three cuts later, you'll bring some of that stuff back in, you know. Um, but definitely, like, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, you know, rewind should be like anything anyone would aspire to do or whatever, but, but I think any film can benefit from allowing a couple of days at the back end, you know like sheep, sheep the bulk of it but then always have an allowance for a couple of days whatever that might be you know yeah I think the I think the momentum of actually the shooting process can be held up by sort of ticking the boxes and I think that a piece of advice that you've given is like massive in terms of get through the shoot and don't jump straight into thinking oh god you know what I never got a close up of that or I never got this because ultimately you might you might need it or yeah. It might you might apply the resources in the in the wrong way, you know. Um, shot in red, yeah. Shot in red with, uh, yeah, um, just a very basic package and a, like a very basic lighting package, which. Um, but the, we didn't have many. We didn't have that many interiors really. We'd some, I guess, but not a huge amount. But yeah, very basic lighting package and and yeah, on red, which is great, you know. And it looks great. I think it holds up well for given you know the, the limited resources. A proper title sequence as well. Yeah. Those are often the, the things that just never get done when you're in an indie or low budget film world. And just that, there's something about that that sets up the film, I think, in a really nice way. Yeah, I mean, that was you know, that was always the intention, and you know, I think. I think the end as well. The last ten minutes are quite. I'm quite happy with the with the visuals there, you know. Um, but again, a lot of a lot, a lot of the midsection, the car stuff or whatever is just, you know, it's quite functional, in in that respect. Although, you know, we we got some nice stuff there, but I think know, it all looks great. I think it all looks really good actually. Yeah, because it's not. It's the, it's probably the trickiest thing to do is get into a car and get on the road. And yeah, and it was murder you. actually. It was as we like, know. Right, I kind of yeah. No, <laughs> I kind of thought. I don't know why because I mean I've I've done car stuff for years and I know like what a time vortex it is it just you start doing car work and just the time evaporates you know but somewhere in my fucking arrogance <laughs> I thought I'd be able to do this no problem I'd be able to knock off a third of the film in five days in a car and of course like not a fucking chance after 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 the first day of car work I think we'd like half of one scene because it was just a nightmare, the weather kept changing and, you know, the usual stuff. We eventually kind of pulled it all back, but it was really, the, like, the worst. Yeah, that was that was terrible. Just talking about the end, I thought the end was really strong. And I think sometimes, you know, especially, you know, you can't always give all of your resources equally across the board in all of the film. If you get the end right and the beginning right and parts of the middle right, you're doing very well. <laughs> well, that was kind of, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> I don't know if I quite pulled it off. No, I, well, I thought the end was great. It was, really, it was really strong. It had a real emotional punch to it, which uh, was kind of needed at the, end, at the end of everything that came before. But w did you shoot much other stuff 
around the end and not use it, or was that yeah, no, we, we, well, I mean, f- funny, like it's funny for like, for a movie. Was there a conversation between the pair of them when they met? At the no, end? no, I like I, I deliberately from a very early stage. I think at one in one very early draft of the script, um, had written had written that conversation. And it just, I, I was like, I didn't even believe it. So I was like, no, I, I can't even, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I think, and anyway, I think I, I made the conscious decision that it would be more powerful not to have anything said, you know. Um, I think you're dead right. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of um, kind of the theme of it, because I think the theme is kind of, like, you know, like, so a friend of mine says, everyone has a skeleton in their closet. And anyone who says they doesn't has a, has a really big skeleton in their closet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just it, it, all of it held really well, and it's really cinematic as a team, but was that... Can you talk maybe just a little bit about... I know it was an idea you said you came up with uh, with Roger, but where? what was the sort of motivation? Or the yeah, it was it was, It was just that thing, you know, the the, the whole idea of the, the sometimes your past coming back to haunt you a bit, you know, even if even if what you've done hasn't been that terrible like we all have we all have regrets and you know we all have stuff that we'd rather we hadn't done and sometimes you know sometimes you you come to an accommodation with that and sometimes you don't you know and uh, so that was that was kind of where it started from and uh then i i quite like there's there are a few claude chabral films that i really like and a couple of those were kind of i was quite heavily influenced by them um, thematically, Are there any also, other any other movies? I, I'm, I'm a big fan of noir films, like fifties noir films, um, and I like. I had this thing that I wanted to make a modern noir film, but not not when when most people make modern noir films, they're just pastiches of you know the the, the lighting or pastiches of the dialogue or pastiches of one thing or another. And I didn't want to do a pastiche. I wanted to do something thematically sort of dark and you know. Pessimistic, <laughs> um, and yeah, I just wanted, I just, I just wanted to make a noir film and, and, but do it in a modern context. I think there's a fun, you know, it's funny to hear you say that because the weird, you know, I've watched, I watched it yesterday and I watched it again today, right? Which is like, it's rare. I, I certainly haven't had the opportunity to watch a film twice in a long time, uh, but it really held up. And I thought one of the interesting things watching the second time it's kind of like this is a love story in a in its purest form actually that's what it is and so it's kind of upbeat it's in a in a in a kind of a perverse way but i think it works on the foot of that so don't know, that's maybe me being a fan more than a question but yeah i mean no nobody comes out of it well really of any of the main characters you know? it's love though isn't well, it? i i think the husband i think brandon uh, there's so much going on he's so little dialogue because he's on his own most of the time but you can see so much in his face. I think his turn, his performance is really, really good. And and that there's a lot of weight in the film that comes from him, I think. I uh, know he's, yeah, he is. And uh, Owen's a terrific actor. Yeah, um, yeah no, um, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm sort of being facetious when I say that. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I suppose, yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to do was that I had this kind of bizarre notion that, that pe- people getting... Ki- when people get killed in films... It's always really... Everyone seems to just walk away from it. And I had this thing about what would you do with the body, you know, if you if you did actually kill somebody, you know? So I wanted to try and... Make it this real. is apropos of nothing, but, yeah, yeah. you know... Um, 
pops up. Yeah, but I, I just <laughs> I just wanted to uh, I just so that whole sequence with her dragging the body and all that came out of that. But the, again, there's a Claude Chabrol film. I think it's um, called on Fidel, where a guy kills another guy, and there's there's a whole big sequence where he's got to clean up this apartment, and it's um, you just never see that in films normally. Normally, yeah, and that's a chilling part. Gets killed, yeah, and moves on. It's far more interesting sometimes. Yeah. What does she do now? Yeah, yeah. Sound design also adds a huge amount of attention to mood and throughout the film as well. Is that something that was always in your head before you were going to shoot, or is it something that organically came from? I know it, it came later. And, and to be honest with you, like I'm, I'm entirely visually oriented. I'm, I, sound is sound and music actually are are like where I'm weakest. You know, um, so you know I had a lot of help with that stuff. From the guys in Windmill, you know, Niall Brady did the sound edit and did, I think, a great job. He did, yeah. You know, um, can you talk can just a little bit, not to kind of reverse back, but the in terms of the edit itself, did you were you involved in the edit yourself or you had an editor? Yeah, or yeah I know it's the edit, the edit became kind of protracted because uh, the a guy called Brian Tucker, a friend of mine, started editing the film and was going on great guns and then got a paid job. <laughs> and had to kind of up sticks and leave um, so I then was sort of left on my own and sort of while sort of in between working on the runway and various other things like did did a few cuts and sort of got it to a place that I was fairly happy with but I knew it was like a bit ropey in terms of like if a professional editor looked at it they'd be like what the fuck <laughs> so I brought a guy called John Murphy in who did basically a fine cut but actually, uh, like, contributed greatly to it um, uh, and did, did, a, did a really good job, like, really tightened it up. And how, you know they say, like, you make a film three times, script, shoot, and then the edit. How different is the film, That's the edited film, as opposed to the script itself? Well, I guess, you know, it is sort of, it is quite linear because it's a thriller and it needs to be, you could, right, I guess you could, have, you could have pulled stuff way out of, out of the timeline but we didn't really apart from the beginning the the first I think the first 20 minutes of the movie are it's quite different than what was scripted I think in, in the script the script opened with the sort of dream sequence she had that that was the I think meant to be the original title sequence with the figure walking yeah. through the house and all that um, and initially that was the first scene in the movie and then she wakes up and, and it's after that, that that he arrives so we moved that we move that down later. So yeah, that first the first sort of twenty minutes has been jumbled up quite a bit. But but from then on, from once they hit the road, that's pretty much as scripted. Very good. Uh, and my last sort of question is: uh, I was trying to think of something I'm going to ask all directors. Like, what if you were to if you were to say select one thing that you learned from making your first film, like one sort of truism of knowledge what would that be not to put you on the spot um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if well the, 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 the thing that I under like I, I've been shooting films for 20 years so the process the actual process of filming and even prep I'm very familiar with and actually very comfortable with and even though I've directed like short films and commercials and stuff I kind of thought I was really comfortable in the edit as well but editing a feature film is a whole other 
it's a whole other thing that yeah. that that I actually wasn't prepared for, you know. Um, and if if only for that reason, I'm really glad I made rewind because I think I learned a huge amount in in the whole editing process, yeah. you know. I think actually that speaks to even an approach on the set as well because I've totally felt that as like, in a way, shorts and they're we do, we all do them because they're you know it's a great medium and it's a great way to learn to do what you're doing but you're really not learning anything that's going to help you in terms of a, uh, the storytelling of a feature film because what might work in a short in five minutes five minutes is nothing in a in a feature film so it's it's a yeah it's definitely. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a whole there's a whole sort of pacing and rhythm thing that that you know I can honestly say I wasn't prepared for how delicate that could be and even the, yeah even doing short films you know you'd recut scenes and go, oh it's working much better now that I put that line of dialogue at the beginning or whatever but in a feature film it's just it's just so that's magnified so much more you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that'd be the one. What thing. had he done? What had Unleash done? He was in that Greyhound movie, right? Yeah, um, pa- Cowboys and, film, and Cowboys and Angels. Cowboys and Angels. Is he good in that? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I thought he's really good. I thought he's really good in. He's in Rome as well. Reminded me a little bit of Max Cady in Cape Fear. I don't know if that was even intentional with the hair and the kind of Hawaiian shirt and stuff. It was good. You know, it was it was. He did a good job, and I think Amy did a great job. Um, I did, that's my, I'm questioned out, <laughs> so I'm supposed to open it up to everyone else's. How, how did you find working with the actress? How, how was that? To yeah, great. Up? I mean, I'd, I'd worked with them both before, and you know, I'm I'm used to working with actors, not so much in a director capacity, but but as a like I'm, I work with actors all the time. So yeah, no problem there. I mean. It, as I said already, I, I would have liked to have had a lot more rehearsal time to, to try and make, make the, you know, I would have liked to try and mm, help the performance to be a bit more organic or something. And I'm not, I'm not really sure, because we didn't have that time, I'm not really sure if, like, I think they did great. I, I just would always wonder if it would certainly have been different if we'd had more rehearsal time. Not necessarily better, but no, but exactly. You know? I don't know. You, you can. There's something about it. I think that you can. I I have. I don't know about everyone else. So I have this constant thing of should you rehearse? Yeah, should you not rehearsing? And then it's yeah, on the it's, day. it's really. I mean, kids. I think yeah, it's good. But you know, well, I mean, we made a film with kids, and we rehearsed some scenes, and we didn't rehearse other scenes, and it's hard to. It's looking back, it's hard to know which was. Which was better, but I think with grown-up actors on a film, if you have any time, I'm kind of leaning toward not rehearsing. Actually, mm. if you cast yeah, it maybe. right, and I think you cast it right, you know, and then it's like just have faith in in the cast themselves. You know, you didn't have any time to improv on the day, or no? I mean, that was the thing. The the, the idea was that, that in that rehearsal period, we do all that improv work and whatever. But but when it came to the actual shooting, well, it was more them than me really. I would have been quite open to improv stuff, but it wasn't really fair to them. And you know, at, at times when you're under pressure, I guess it's they felt more secure in sticking to the script, but yeah. irrespective of if there if it was flawed or not. Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, and I suppose that, that that helped them give better performances rather than maybe exposing themselves. You know. How were they in terms of the 
just the logistical side of things of like they're both used to working in a kind of very comfortable environment for cast. Yeah, no, I mean they were great because we shot in we shot I think we started shooting the second week in January. So it was the, like the month of January and it like it was it snowed a few days, it was absolutely bitterly cold, you know, on that beach especially it was I can't actually describe how cold it was. <laughs> and also a few days in the forest, like incredibly cold, but they they're great. But I knew that I knew that about both of them, having worked with both of them. That, that you know they weren't gonna flake on me you know yeah. and you know like the, and I put I put them through the ringer Amy especially you know in, in all that forest stuff physically it was quite demanding as well as whatever else she had to do you know on an emotional level and, and you know and she was great like there's, like really there's a great real lack of vanity about any of her, especially her in the forest so there's some really quite astounding shots of her Strenuous. Absolutely, you really yeah. See things like that that terribly often. And no one, and the, just the, that she would go there and go there in a, in such a believable way was fantastic. Yeah, and absolutely, and uh, you know, like I, I was quite conscious as well that that you know it it, w- it was kind of grueling, and I was sort of making quite heavy demands and stuff. So when we when I finally cut the film, I actually invite her to have a look and and said, look, if there's anything here that you feel is unflattering or like, I'm not guaranteeing that I'll cut it out, but we can talk about it and I'll see if there's... But she didn't want to change anything, which which is a real testament to her, to like, her lack of energy, really. It's like yeah. Paul Verhoeven, Sean, Sharon Stone, the, the rough cut <laughs> of, <laughs> of basic instinct. She stormed off and threatened to sue him. <laughs> yeah. Did you shoot only at certain hours in the forest? It seemed like you always caught that fading light. Mm. No, just that—that that was it. It was—it was winter, and like we, we knew, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. It, I mean, it was a time, but I mean, we like when when it was like when it was the middle of the day, and, and on the rare occasion the sun was out, we just went deep into the forest to yeah, to get into the canopy, you know. But like we knew, I knew we couldn't do it if we had bright sunny days. That we'd only be able to pull it off. Mm. We, that sort of dusk look if it was overcast. Yeah, yeah. So I think we actually moved the schedule around to a couple of days or two or three days when we knew it was going to be overcast um, and they just yeah shot from whatever we shot all continuous days so I think seven or eight hour, seven, seven hour shooting days just because you couldn't it, it, it would have been dark you know and shot from whatever eight till four in the afternoon or something which is a short day really. yeah it is but I mean it's all you can put people through on you know in the middle of winter you know these Especially if you're shooting a continuous day and doing all that stuff, yeah. You covered so much, man. It's like it, it just never stopped, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but in a way, that's good because everyone is energized and like keeps going. And did, it you, might did be you make we met on our catalyst film? We met our schedule on one day, which was the last day. All the other days, we never quite made it. Yeah, no, we <laughs> did. We, we, very <laughs> short we did. We did. I think we did one day where. I think we did one day where we. No, we well, we never went over. We never, we never did any overtime, and I think there was one day where just it was actually in the house in the first week, and just halfway through, it's that scene where he comes to dinner, and it just there was something not quite working. So I just said, you know what, let's just fucking wrap this up and like come back to it tomorrow and try and take a fresh approach. And that did put us. That put us like I don't know half a day behind, but I knew that I just had to make it up, you know, which I did. So that that was fine. I mean, 
like John and Alex, the producers are are great, and they really actually trusted me, and you know, like didn't blink. Like the whole idea of burning the caravan, I came up with like three weeks before we shot, out of the blue, and just said, "Listen, I want to burn a caravan," and raw didn't say nothing to do with the film. I just wanted. Yeah, to well, <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> there's a magic, yeah. and uh, <laughs> like at that stage. Like I wouldn't have blamed them if they just said, "Look, you're out of your mind, can't do it." But in fairness to them, they both said, kind of took a pause and went, "Okay, all right," and then actually pulled it together. So I kind of felt that since they'd sort of trusted me and behaved in in those sort of situations, that it was, you know, that I had a responsibility to do the same for them and not not put them in, not leave them in trouble. So yeah, we we made our day. I think it's good here because I think you can have, you know, as a producer and a director it can like the traditional relationship was like a, a parent and a bold child and actually the, it's more detrimental to the director than anything else because if you know if the producer thinks they're dealing with this person who just wants to spend money because they're not supposed to then they sort of clam up and re- it stops the producer having any perspective in terms of saying okay this is required for the script and I think that it's pretty savvy of them in terms of the burning caravan because as an end note it works it really works actually you know and it's and it allo- I think it allows you to do something about the, in terms of the edit it's like you know you get to these points that when I'm writing th- that it's like that thing of as a writer or a director like uh, there are sometimes when a director can make great economy that a writer won't instinctively do and that cut from okay, there's the husband, what are they going to do now? And then you cut and the husband's burning the caravan. Loads of conversation has happened or lots of telling kind of exchanges happen in between that we don't need to see that's implied and it's way, way stronger. You it know? puts the plot to bed as well so, yeah. so you can concentrate then just on the emotion of the relationship. Yeah, well, that was, that was important because, you know, the plot is kind of bogus, you know. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I suppose it ultimately the film is about the relationship between the you know the, the husband and wife and you know um, yeah it was important to, to one of the things I like about both the Catalyst films I've seen now is that you really get the sense that this is the voice of the director and it, you feel that sense of authorship um, and you were saying you really had a lot of free reign to make these did you get many notes from at rough cut stage of people telling you that's not going to work or yeah. you should try this <laughs> 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 yeah. far too long was my note <laughs> yeah it's actually the same yeah because in fairness the first the first edit that I showed to to financiers I guess for want of a better term was like way too long it was like two and a half hours or something <laughs> and, but I mean I knew I knew I knew it was way too long and I expected that everyone would understand that and the, but they don't of course because yeah. you can only respond to what they see you know yeah. and one comment was maybe you'd be better off trying to do a 60 minute cut and seeing how that's working you know <laughs> so that uh, yeah that was what a length is that it's 80 yeah, yeah. It, feels, it feels right though yeah it's no totally yeah. I don't think yeah you it's yeah, it's just an, it's enough. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I never it was never I never intended to make a two hour film or anything like that. But it was just you know you you do the first rough cut and you I kind of expected to go in and screen it and to go well I think this stuff is working and that stuff maybe isn't working so well and have that dialogue. But 
you know, in fairness, people can only respond to what they see, and what they saw was something that was a mess and was way too long and bored to tears, you know. I think the thing that works, though, and that's the point I started with, is that, you know, they're, they're both films, you know, have enough content, for want of a better word, but enough of a sort of a commercial drive within them for you to just totally stay with them through to the end and and it's I think it's really important the films like this are being made because I think anyway there's a perception like I googled after the runway played in Cork I googled you know the runway or Galway rather and someone on a forum somewhere had written Has any, did anyone see the runway down in Galway and some random guy in a, ch- in a chat room or a forum wrote Irish films are boring and shite. <laughs> and I thought, right? But, but actually, it is a huge point, is that I think the audience perception there is that our homegrown stuff doesn't hold up in terms of entertainment. And and so unless it's been validated abroad first, in yeah. which case then they'll go and watch it. Exactly. Well, I think the other thing, though, too, is that a lot of Hollywood films now are just basically focusing on spectacle. It's just a hundred percent spectacle. Whether it's three D, it's just car crashes, car sequences, and yeah, exactly. So when you see a film that requires you to essentially immerse yourself in the film, they're just not prepared for that. Yeah, and I think there, I think there's a drastic underestimation of audience in that. In that, you know, even if there are movies with a car smash every second of the day, if there's something underneath it that's yeah. character driven, it can work. But yeah, you're right. I think it's all reduced to spectacle. Yeah, yeah really films like. Inception, which is actually a, a, a quite engaging film mentally, you know, because it requires you to think about it. It did it, uh, incredibly well, and people are surprised by that. And you go, "Well, it's a film you have to think about." It. You know, okay, yeah, it's got all of the, you know, the big uh, effects, the big budget, and all the rest of it. But from a story point of view, from a plot point of view, there's actually a lot going on. But I have to say, uh, in the sequel, they're going to have to get Mary. Realize that she knows. <laughs> So has this put you off, VJ, or are you just dying to do your next feature now? Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it, it certainly hasn't put me off. I mean, I think I learned a huge amount. You know, I think, like, I would hate to think that that's the only thing I'll ever make, because I think I can, having made this, I think I can make better films, you know? Um, but but it's for me, it's funny, because, I, like, I work in films all the time. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I think for for... So I shouldn't speak for anyone else, but I think for some directors it, it, it does become an itch if you're not shooting, because you don't get the opportunity to shoot all yeah. the time. Like no director does. For me, I'm I'm shooting all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, all the time. So I kind of I don't I don't miss the buzz of shooting at all. Well, having done the the, the direct the, the feature length, would it change your approach to, to shooting a feature for someone in terms of how you? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you have to like what what it does but I've been aware of it for for a long time anyway is that you know a lot of technicians really good technicians become sort of blinkered in in what they're doing and you know they kind of carve out their little niche in the process and guard that you know to the exclusion of of oftentimes even of directors Do, do you know what I mean so they'll like I would hope I don't do that as a cameraman do, do you know what I mean that I would be aware when you know my lighting of a scene may not be quite finished but the director really needs to start shooting for whatever reason that I would be receptive to that 
partly because I know the pressure that you feel as a director when you're there and you really just want to start shooting something or you know if you don't start shooting something you've lost the scene yeah. even if it's not the, the lighting isn't finished or even if the props are wrong or even if whatever you know um, so I yeah I, I, I would hope anyway that, that I took that away from it but I, th I think I felt like that anyway you know did you do much effects work when you were post because of changing no none at all really um I think the blood spurt at the end was that real yeah that was that was just cheap That's cheap cool. ass you know um hey, what is yeah, fire, it's fire a, blower it's a, a water bottle <laughs> <laughs> a water bottle to a tube you know but um no I think I think we added some I think we weren't allowed to burn the caravan in the forest surprisingly so I think we we had to add some trees to that we we had to do it in the field, yeah. so we painted in some tree, just to thicken the tree yeah. cover. But I think that was it. Worked that well. encouraged me watching a bird very close to those trees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that was just never, that, that was actually the biggest I'm sort sure of... I'm sure Peter's glad that that's what you were thinking at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> those trees, those trees <laughs> are in for <interesting. laughs> But then you don't know a bunch of films, we just set fire to it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just anything to get the shot. We worry about it afterwards. Yeah, I know we're shooting in the forest park. It wouldn't, that wouldn't have got down well at all. Well, finger, reach your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much, PJ. I thought it was absolutely well, brilliant. Well, thanks for coming. I, well I appreciate done. you all taking the time. Thank you for listening to SDGI Directors in Dialogue. For more information on the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, visit us at www.sdgi.ie.